Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. If you've got kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say that pandemic parenting wasn't easy for anyone. For a lot of us, screens saved our sanity or kept little faces from crashing our Zoom meetings. But after a year of virtual life and learning that often depended on technology, parents are struggling with how to get their kids to unplug. So how do you keep the battle over screen time from turning into a screaming match? Washington Post tech reporter Heather Kelly has been tracking this issue over the past year and talked with dozens of families and child development experts. And Kelly's come to find out that subtracting screen time is a lot harder than adding it. I mean, if you give a kid Minecraft for 15 months and then you tell that kid, hey, we're going to be taking back Minecraft. There's just there's going to be a battle. We've given them something they find so much joy in and kill time with. And I'm not entirely sure we can unring that bell. Yeah, it's like, psych, I didn't mean it. That doesn't go over so well with a six-year-old. What are some of the struggles that parents shared with you then? Uh, Well, so the struggles are twofold. First, it's the struggles of having them on these screens all the time, which is sort of propelling them to make these decisions. Uh, Some parents are noticing that now that the world is opening up and their kids can go out more, they're not getting off the sofa. They're still, they're seeing their friends like in a Discord chat or over the video games they're playing. So it's just this motivation of like, hey, go go outside, go see people in person again. That's getting kind of difficult. And then they can also see, I guess, symptoms of of kids who are having way too much screen time, moodiness, uh, tantrums when they turn it off. One mom told me that her 10-year-old son was fighting with one of his friends constantly about video games and she just couldn't take it anymore. Oh, no. And then, you know, you have to take it away. And that's a whole new set of battles. Exactly. You know, technology limits they were pretty much lifted for for kids during the pandemic because screens were essentially a lifeline for them to be able to learn and socialize. But how do you go back to establishing rules and limits around this? I think, yeah, and there's two schools of thought. Like one is, you know, some parents are like, well, let's let's go back to the way things were. Let's go back to, you know, quote unquote normal. And I I think they might be in for the, the hardest battles. A lot of parents have actually seen the benefits, I feel like, of screens over the past year. They found ways to bond with their kids. I got a Switch and a bunch of controllers, and we play Mario Kart together, and it's like, it's just a delight. And so they want to keep some of the positives, Um, maybe not like six and a half hour Zoom days at school. (laughs) But what about like the Zoom birthday parties, right? There was a lot of those. Yeah. Having like relatives come and see you. Like my kids have seen their grandparents more than they did before, and they live pretty close by. But (laughs) they just... (laughs) They really? can Zoom every, or they can FaceTime every night now. And they're like, oh, this is great. You know, Lola and Lola are on there. And like with my kids, like we watch a TV show called Bluey every night. We'll like watch two episodes before bed on, on weekends. Um, and we just like giggle and laugh. And it, it's just so much fun to be able to do that stuff together. So I think it's, it's a balance between keeping the good and then just 
putting a cap on it and, and adding in outside again, outdoors, in human contact. <laughs> yeah, my kids were uh, addicted. To, I say were as if it's not still happening at this very moment in my house. They're addicted to Roblox and yes. buying Robux. If I get asked one more time to purchase Robux, <laughs> I'm probably going to scream. Uh, but at the same time, it kept them connected to uh, cousins in, in other states, in other countries. And so I, I left it alone. I didn't really have a big problem with it. Yeah, I think that the games like that, relationships that maybe didn't used to be in person have been built up um, and now exist entirely online. And so I think that's a great reason, great reason to keep them around. But, you know, maybe a little less for the summer is is the ideal way. Try to but scale it back a little is, bit. Yeah, like how do you scale it back? So we talked to some experts and and parents and some parents tried like casually enforcing rules a little bit of, you know, only on weekends or only an hour a day. And that led to more battles. Uh, and so one sort of school of thought is that you have to do a screen time fast. And uh, Dr. That? Victoria Dunkley, she's a, she's a child psychologist. She wrote a book about this and she recommends a month of no screen time. Just a screen as a time reset. fast. A screen time fast. It sounds good, honestly, for adults. Um, <laughs> we could all use one. A whole uh, month of no screen time? A whole month of no screen time. And that, as include, a way of that includes TV? It does include TV in theory. The mom I talked to had actually done it, let the TV stay on because her kid wasn't that interested in it, that it was a problem. Um, for her, it was mostly stopping the video games. But ideally, nothing, yeah. So this expert that recommends a month of no screen time, including TV, what does she want us to do with these children in our homes all day long? That is a great question. <laughs> She's like, take them outside. And that, I mean, that's, that really gets to the heart. A lot of this is like, you need time um, for things like camp. You need money. It's really easier for certain families to do with like white collar jobs that they can do remotely where they can be around the kids to enforce these things. But yeah, she, she recommends getting them outside, getting them into camps, getting them a bike. And, you know, she also recommends letting them be bored, which is something she said a lot of parents she mm -hmm. talks to are just really hesitant to do anymore. Like they're terrified of their children being bored, probably because maybe they're a little more annoying for a little bit. But that's really where creativity comes from um, that lets their brain sort of work out things and come up with creative ideas for play. See, the, when you talk about going outside, I think, you know, my childhood was just so much more different than, than what these kids are growing up in, right? I, I, don't, I don't know if they're capable so much of playing outside. They just don't know how to go outside and play. And when for me, that was literally my life, right? Um, are you hearing that from families? There was an interesting parent I talked to in Florida and she's like, you know, my day, and this is all of our days. <laughs> we walked uphill in snow both ways. No, we, um, we would just wander around and ride our bikes in the neighborhood. Our parents didn't have like a smart watch or tracking device to know where we were. They just assumed we were fine if we were home by that, um, that news alert that's like, do you know where your children are? Or before the sun sets. Before the before sun the sets. Before the streetlights come on. <laughs> <laughs> and now um, parents are very into tracking their kids, which I think is an interesting thing. I'm, I'm still like processing that. Um, so they do know where they are. But also one mom I talked to in Florida said she, she did it. She sent her kids outside. She said, go play and meet people. And there were no other kids outside <laughs> to play with. Because they were all also still inside playing video games. Um, and she even took her, her daughter, I think, to a birthday party. And a bunch of the other kids who showed up would just sit in a circle looking at their phones. Yeah. Like, 
while together. Um, so yeah, I'm not really sure how we navigate that. It might be like coordinating between parents. Like you bring your kid outside, I bring my kid outside. I laugh because Heather, I tried the exact same thing, especially last summer. Summer of 2020 was just a complete write-off. I tried, <laughs> I tried sending my kids outside, you know, with their bikes and saying, okay, go outside. And literally 20 minutes later, they'd come back in. <laughs> and I'd look at the clock like, are you kidding me? That's, that's all you got? They're, you know, and they'd say, well, no one else is out there. It's just us. And of course, they're sick of each other. They're sisters, right? They, they have to be with each other all day. So that just didn't yeah. work. We're reaching the end of like sibling playtime. I think after 15 months, <laughs> for of, sure, like, you two play together. Um, I want to get into something else you you report on, Heather, and that's that these parents have also noticed personality and behavioral changes in their children. What exactly are they seeing? So it's one of the doctors I talked to called it sort of dysregulation. Things as extreme as depression and anxiety, um, tantrums, uh, just not being themselves. I think and just sort of a shift in their, their personality from what they, their baseline was before. But I mean, it's hard to tell. We've all had a shift in our personalities over the past 15 months. And it could be, it could be anything. Like these kids have also not seen their friends that much. They've been in Zoom school, which is a bit of a, a depressing bummer, I'm, I'm sure, for many of them. But one idea is like take, take away the screens, see if it's that, and, and try and reset that sort of dysregulation that you're noticing in them. Here's something I can relate to as well. Some parents reported that their kids were getting headaches from looking at the computer all day. Yes. And uh, I think some eye doctors probably are, are, are seeing a lot more visits now that um, people can come in a lot now, too. The kids are staring at screens. You remember when our parents used to yell, like, don't sit so close to the TV. Right. And now they're like holding the TV close to their face because it's an iPad or a phone um, or like these Chromebooks they got for school. I mean, they're just staring them at all day long. And I, my favorite part is during the school year, they would, they would finally be done with like a long day of staring at the Zoom screen and they would unwind with like the other screen. Mm. Yeah, my one who used to laugh at the other for wearing glasses, guess what? She now wears glasses. <laughs> <laughs> she now oh, wears karma. glasses. You know, the pandemic was a year-long, really, screen time experiment. So I want to go back to some of the other things that you heard from the child development experts that you talked with in, in your reporting, what else are their concerns here? I think a lot of it is social skills. You can replicate friendships, parts of them online. A lot of kids turn to an app called Discord, where you can have an audio channel, so like a party, party line uh, with your friends and talk to them. But they've missed a year of like developing really key social and emotional skills. And so they're going to be set back there. They're going to have to learn, you know, how to navigate arguments again or disagreements, uh, how to make new friends. And I think that's that's one big concern. Uh, it looks like a lot of schools will be open full time in the fall. Um, but there's also camps and like that's a way this summer maybe to get kids a head start. on like, how do I be around other kids again? Mm -hmm. What about babies, Heather? You know, some were born just before or during the pandemic, like my nephew, um, and they're raised on these phone screens or these iPads literally from day one because there had been no, you know, perhaps in-person playdates or, or daycare. A lot of parents and babies and, and tod parents of, of babies and toddlers, they've got to pry those things out of their kids' hands. So I've heard the most guilt from like the parents of these young kids, uh, of babies and toddlers of like, you know, I was going to wait until they were two. And then I had all these big plans. And now I'm just like, here, watch um, Blue's Clues or whatever. Uh, <laughs> I've also noticed, especially babies, I think 
they found they're not that interested for long periods of time. Anybody who's tried to take a baby on like an international flight and hoped that screen time would be effective has discovered this. They do like it. They're attracted to it, but it, it doesn't hold their interest for too much time. And I think they're going to be a lot easier to like show other stimulation, like put them in daycare and they'll see other kids and, and it will just blow their little minds and they'll forget about the screens for a little bit. Yeah. I think that's going to be easier than the kids who can fight back your tweens and your teenagers. So for those who have no interest at all in going cold turkey on tech, remind us, what are the ways that parents can use technology to be more engaged with their kids and, and have fun with them? So experts say the key is what kind of screen time is it? Are, are they alone binge watching TV? Um, are they playing, you know, super aggro video games? They recommend doing things on screens with your kids, watching things together, playing games together. It also helps because then you know what they're up to. It's just, I'm spending time with you and I'm keeping an eye on you. And there are lots of screen time tools, which sort of outsources the enforcement of it. Like they can't keep arguing for five more minutes if their Wi-Fi connection is, has been shut down. A lot of those are built into Android uh, and the iOS sort of operating system. There's a tool called Bark that, that also does it, but also lets you see what they're up to online. We'll send alerts if it thinks, you know, there's been an inappropriate exchange uh, and then routers, true, too, like um, the Eero router, you can you can set time limits for every device that's connected to it. Um, but the great thing I've ah, discovered about reporting I didn't know this, that. I just got the Eero router. I didn't know you could, oh, yeah. you could set time limits. Interesting. You're, you've got so much control. But the thing I've noticed over the past year is that kids are really smart and they are finding ways around these things left and right. And even somebody at my, my own publication is trying to figure out how their children are getting around that exact router. <laughs> And I think maybe they set up a hotspot with like a phone secretly. I don't know. <laughs> so you've been covering this for quite some time, Heather. What else are you going to be looking at uh, moving forward as we loosen up restrictions here on, on COVID and, and have our kids at home this summer? I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens when school opens up again. I'm sure there's a lot of researchers and educators looking at this to, to really be able to measure the impact of a year of Zoom school. Were they learning as well through screens? The kids who disappeared from, from school roles because they just couldn't handle a full day of being on screens. Are they okay? Are they coming back? Did they do learning on their own? Like, I, I'm really curious to see where we stand there. And then also over the summer, as, as there's more social activities, as there's other people to play with, if, if their interests will slowly shift away from the video game. That's just hopeful thinking on my part as a parent. <laughs> like, <laughs> if they'll be more interested in those bike rides. And that is Washington Post technology reporter Heather Kelly. Heather, great to have you on. Thanks for having me. And that's today's Reset. We know you like what you're hearing. That's why you're with us each weekday. So help other people find us by taking a few seconds to give us a rating and review. Thanks. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll meet again tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.